of a Cumberland ring? No. Oh. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> what did you accuse me of? Bonsoir, welcome to Every Number One Ever, the show where three lads look at three sets of three songs and decide whether they're good enough to save from the flames. Songs are judged on quality, memory, moral fibre, historical importance and mood. If we decide on balance, the three songs under discussion don't pass muster, all three hit the bin and we replace them with a randomly chosen number two. Why? Additional peril to focus the discussion. <laughs> Additional peril what to focus. What was that, Matthew? <laughs> Why? Additional peril to focus the decision-making skills. Also, are the songs that missed out on the summit the ones that ki- the kids go love it? That's freaking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Along the way, you've, the- you've still got an hundred of these to do. <laughs> I know. Along the way, I take up that challenge. Along the way, the E N O E thesaurus has been indulged. The idea of binning songs brought mind of our discussion taking place in a metaphorical kitchen. Thus, if we feel a song is beyond reproach, we'll describe being near or indeed in the fridge. The opposite of the bin. Do you get it? Poor choices leading to a poor outcome is deemed a cucumber castle, named after a Bee Gees album that contained the single Don't Forget to Remember. Oh, our very first bollock dropped. If a poor (laughs) song gets a pass into the pantheon due to the two songs surrounding it being of superior quality, we described the poor song as being St. John due to some modern tripe we gave a pass to not 10 episodes ago. Anyway, look, there's loads more, but I wouldn't be concerned because it's all relatively straightforward. Oh, and it's very infuriating. Yes. Very infuriating. But joining me in the infuriation station is credit to the nation, Craig Lowe. Hola, chicas. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor without the medics, Dr. Liam Maloney. <laughs> I don't get that reference. Doctor, don't map. I'm younger than you both. By five years, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Shall we name the machine? Name yes, away. Please. Um, I push this button. <laughs> and today's machine is arbitrarily named Microsoft Excel L Cool J. Microsoft. XL L Cool J. Microsoft Excel Ladies Love Cool J. Yep. Okay. That's exactly what I said. Yep. We'll start with me this week. I can't cope. I can't cope. 
Um, so we are on unique number one, one thousand two hundred and ninety-eight. Yep. Um, so this was number one for the first time on the 13th of the 8th, 2005. I'm not doing months anymore. I can't. I think that's August, but I don't trust myself anymore. You were um, right. No? Well, thank you very much. Um, let's see if um, LL Microsoft XLL Cool J. Fuck me. We're going to have to get quick of that. And Craig's going to have to now immediately research other songs the mama said knock you out. <laughs> Shush um, you. <laughs> I've got one already. <laughs> um, so, um, Microsoft XLL Cool J. Um, Mama said knock me out with those facts. Right, I've got none now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been... These songs are terrible, honestly. Fuck me. Right. Thanks for listening to Every Number Whatever. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs> Jesus. Um... Any guesses who the uh, the gentlemen are? The gentlemen I'm, are. I'm looking at yeah, you, Yeah, who, who this ma- next tune might be. Not, not even a Scooby. A 2009, uh, 2015 cowl. Here we go. One Direction. Correct. Moody Fader. I've got fire for a heart. I'm not scared of the dark. You've never seen it look so easy. I got a river for a soul and baby. <laughs> do you remember so. do you remember a couple of weeks back when we did Duran Duran's The Reflex? Yes. And we read through the lyrics and they are pish. That's right yeah. up there with it. I love that. I got fire from my heart. It helps me in the dark. It's never made it so easy. Fart. Yeah. Fart. Um <laughs> E-art. So, yes, this is Drag Me Down by One Direction. A um, couple of interesting things about this. Um, it's got the most obvious auto-tune I've heard in a very long time, <laughs> which is saying something. The first voice is so auto-tuned, it's unlivable. Um, secondly, it is also their first number one after Zayn Malik left. Oh, right. Oh, the damage years. It is also their last number one. So the four of them... I think there is a Louis in One Direction, if I'm not That's mistaken. That's correct. Tompkins. And it's not Louis Spence. Um, I'm sorry, I'm pointing at you there, Craig. For... Yeah, that's fine. Can you name it? Can anybody name it any? There was a Nile, which Niall... isn't spelled Nile. Nile, God. Louis Horrid. Spence, Nile Rogers, Harry Barlow, and uh, who else is the other one? What are we talking about? Hello? Liam, Liam uh, Neeson. Gall- yeah, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I, I only had Liam Payne in my head, and I'm guessing that's the correct answer. That is the correct answer. Shit. And um, who who played um, uh, Freddie Mercury in the biopic? It Remy was Malik. Remy Malik. Remy Malik was yeah. the one that left. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, sorry. A false a false set of teeth surrounded by <laughs> Remy Malik is who plays Freddie Mercury in that film. Oh, a lot of teeth. A false set of toast. teeth and some reconstituted meat. <laughs> no, when dogs have teeth like that. Anyway, um, yeah, so it, it's fine. Do you want to hear the bit of the chorusy sort of thing? No. <laughs> Quality play, radio. Play it, but very quickly. <laughs> With your love, nobody can drag me down. Nobody, nobody. One Direction by the numbers. I don't actually mind this. <clears throat> It's fairly innocuous. 
Forgotten. It's not the kind of ballad-ridden nonsense that we've had from like Westlife last week with the Rose. It's um, not the kind of super hyper-pop stuff of like Dr. Luke and kind of early um, kind of One Direction and Kesha and stuff like that. I, th- I think it's sort of interesting. It's mm. fine. It, we, we will have better One Directions going in and <coughs> they are not matching Shaky in the number of songs going in. That's, if, if you surpass a Shaky, then you've got to be someone special. <laughs> Very well. Um, Matt, how do you feel about a, a 1D? Let's move on. Shit, okay. Um, I, did, I thought I'd thought I'd have a bit more um, no, uh, sorry, emotional that, support. No, it isn't, the be- it isn't the best song ever. I'm not... A, and it's not that song either. <laughs> Unique number one, 733. It was released... Uh, it got to the top, top, sorry, on the 20th of January, 1996. Any additional facts? Ooh. LL Cool J. It's been one week in the, in '96. It could be dodgy. It could be Ocean Colour Scene or any of the above. Unfortunately, it is someone who we really like on this show. Shaky doing something really shit on this show, and it is not dodgy or the day we call the train or anything like that. Jumping. To a child. Yeah. Our GM. George Michael. Golf Mike. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're having. Oh, this is. I I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I remember it being a tough sell. I don't remember it being that much of a tough sell. Actually, I might have played the album version there, which is only seven minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Extended flamenco intro. (laughs) No, they're all that long. They're all that long. What the fuck was he playing at? Jesus. Um, This is shit. I'm sorry. I really like George Michael and Fast Love is on that album as well. Second single, that. Yep. Yep. Can't all be winners. Piss. Interesting though, isn't it? How... When the album's complete, and I don't think I've heard older, but how it was agreed that, oh, there's, yeah, there's your trailer single. I mean, I suppose it does show where we were at the time. Was Kiss from a Rose released around the similar It period? feels like that, doesn't it? And it yeah. feels like that um, Sting tune as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want a little bit of a wiki fist on this? Fist me. <laughs> We'll feel awful about it, but it's still shit. So, the song was a melancholy tribute to Michael's Brazilian lover, who I can't pronounce, um, who he met when performing in Rio de Janeiro in 1991. Um, He died two years later from AIDS-related brain hemorrhage. Michael had been unable to write for the next 18 months as a consequence of his grief, but then penned the words Jesus to a child in more... uh, The words to Jesus to a child in little more than an hour, indicating that the time was right to move on with his life. The song is written in the rhythm with the rhythm and harmony that was influenced by the Brazilian bossa nova style. Sounds like Careless Whisper slowed down to me, I'm afraid. Yeah, with a bit more plinky plunky Spanish guitar. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, like it's a sad, melancholy ballad to attribute to, like, you know, your ex partner. It's, it's very it's not going to be a. It's very laudable. 
It's very laudable. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's... it's you actually want to engage with it. It's fine as track seven on your album, as your second yes. single. It's, it's, it's also the first track on the record. Oof. And track seven. <laughs> oh, twice, Christ. Jesus. And then, and then the child. Um... <laughs> What what do you think, boys? Where are you in the kitchen? We've um, we've had a bit of One Direction, a, a weaker One Direction by all accounts, and um, Jesus Switch Army, I mean, very we, sad George gonna, Michael ballad. We're going to need a list song for me, I'm afraid, to even come close to saving this. I mean, yeah, it needs. Is... I'm I'm perhaps not as strong as Craig said a list song. Um, oh, just for possible new listeners, in episode thirty, Liam got us to name three songs that we wanted to keep no matter what. We're referring to those as list songs um, I love that you've got the, that episode number in your brain yeah um, I think it just needs to be a really good song George Michael gets a pass because he's George Michael the One Direction song I literally had nothing to say about it not because I didn't like it so they could I think the if it's a really good song uh, One Direction would be St John and George Michael is George Michael but it's going to have to be something really good I all right, so I can't promise you good. Oh, well, that'd be in the bin then. <laughs> but I can promise you notable. Mm. I can promise you properly notable with this one. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, fuck knows. Um, so this is unique number one, eight hundred and thirty-seven. This was number one for the first time on the twenty-fifth of September. Yeah, nineteen ninety-nine. And it was number one for three weeks. Nice roll. Thank you. Any additional facts, LLCJ? I actually do have a little bit of facty stuff for you. Okay. Um, this song went double platinum in the UK. I then ended up on a deep, deep, deep dive as to what is considered platinum. Because there is no universal standard for platinum across countries. Different countries have different standards for what is platinum. Um, we have, I think it's us and Germany have the, uh, uh, sorry, us and Germany are the second highest for platinum with 600,000 sales for platinum. America is a million sales for platinum. So this song managed to sell in this country alone 1,600,000. Hundred thousand copies of this tune. A double plat. Double platinum, approaching triple. You're um, setting us up. You're setting us up. The, no, the reason right, I, this is going to be like let's catch up into it. It's blue. Right. Give me a minute. How yeah, many? Think how about many, this for a minute. Like him inside and outside blew his house with a blue little window and a blue corvette and everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around cause he ain't got nobody to listen now we've had enough stop 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 why are we playing so much of this go away it's blue it's blue we hated it then and it's not getting much better now. It's an earworm of the worst kind. It's it's essentially a ringtone. <laughs> why why are we giving this any sort of credence that this is some sort of saviour to the pish we've already had? This I'm is... not. I'm not saying it's good. That I, I couldn't possibly find even in my twisted um, 
So I couldn't find an argument to suggest this In Eurodance with a CG video. Yeah. And the box was popular at the time, and it sold well. It just feels... Double! Like... Platinum. Nearly triple platinum. Um, It just feels... It, to me, this is a track that feels quite substantial. It feels like it was a bit of a... Not a cultural moment, but it was around for so long. It didn't leave this song. Still not left. Still maybe here. it should do. <laughs> I don't know. What, where do you stand on this, Craig? Do you, do you think this is just... I'm, I'm trying to defend something that's indefensible. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, this is just awful. It was, as I've already said, this was awful at the time. And you can't... You can't say that you, you this comes on on the radio when you're on your way to work and you're like, oh, turn that shit right up. <laughs> no, that's true. Matt, where do you stand on this? Well, the only thing I was intrigued in, it's Eiffel 65, isn't it? So I was just yes. wondering, because I'm, I'm not going to comment on the song. So I was wondering what the 65 <laughs> um, oh, stands yeah. for. And I think this says more than I could do about the song. So the word Eiffel, right, was chosen at random by a computer. Okay. <laughs> so they didn't choose it. A computer chose it. And the number 65 was added on as a complete mistake. They didn't even choose the band name. Half of it was chosen by a computer. The rest of it was a mistake. I'm not going to talk about the music. <laughs> well... Craig, where do you stand bin, with these bin, three? Bin, 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 no, no, uh, then the median, isn't it? So I would suggest it, it, it's <laughs> got to be better than Jesus to a child. This is what we've got. When I'm walking down the street, I call your name inside my head, I go insane. Don't you know that it's really making me crazy? There were days when I went completely blind, no time to think, and I lost time. Won't believe what's happened to me lately. Oh, I don't mind it. Who is it? Danny Minogue. Oh, what a shame. A lesser Minogue. She's a dick. Dicky Minogue. Yeah. We all right with that? Yeah, you know Danny what? Danny Minogue with a Kylie B-side. Yeah, but... <laughs> Compared to what we could have won, it could be blue. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. We're not in Cucumber Castle territory. We, we are, no, no we, but we can not. we can see the signage from the road, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a rest stop before we get there. It's it's one of those, we're, we're in the hinterland betwixt a near miss and a Cucumber Castle because we've got a song that we deem on first listen as possible, but all three of us, our knowledge of it is negligible. Uh, what's the song called? Is it Wonder? It's I Begin to Wonder yeah. it was a song by Danny Minogue. <laughs> Excellent. From her album Neon Nights. 
So it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's Danny cashing in for a third time on Kylie's success. So this will be after she had a like successful comeback. This Danny is 2003, so yeah. this is probably the, her second attempt at a comeback, I think. Well, that's Danny Minogue into the Pantheon. Um, yeah, uh, there's also some weird stuff about the BNP on her wiki that I'm yeah, not I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm <laughs> in no, controversies now. She's, she's, uh, she, uh, the BNP falsely claimed that Minogue was a supporter of the cause. Uh, in an interview, she said that the Fresh National Front struck a chord with the people. Uh, but then she, she, she did the classic, classic I'm not racist... Uh, excusing an interview with Gay Times saying, uh, I have a Jewish manager, I perform in gay clubs, I have gay friends, <laughs> I'm not <Right>. prejudiced. <laughs> so, okay, so she said she's not racist by talking yeah, about anti Semitism and homophobia. Excellent, what a prick! So, yeah, she also did, she, she also said something about on the X Factor about misgendering somebody in 2006, bad looks things, and then backpedaled furiously. So, all in all. See, it's not as easy as your sister makes it look, is it, Danny? Eh? Absolute fucking queen. Um, Padam, tune of the year. Next. Matthew, it's you. Hello. I've got some songs I'd like to play for you. And here's the first one. It's unique number one, number three, or seven, 307, 30, with a seven <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> This was uh, top of the charts for four weeks. Count them. Uh, on, in November uh, 1971. Do we have any more information on this song, XLL Cool J? <laughs> definite no. Absolutely. Oh, a definite, definite Absolutely no. Absolutely no. One more time. <laughs> there we go. Less of the comb filtering. I think this is one of six number ones from this band who are archetypal to the early 70s. I won't laugh at you when you boo-hoo-hoo Are we in glam territory? You might get it from the slight change of voice here. Not the turtles, is it? If he was shouting it's Christmas, you'd probably know who it was, wouldn't you? Oh, was it Slade? when he could sing. It's the first Slade top botherer. Uh, the most successful British group of the 70s based on single sales. The song was written in half an hour by the band's writing team of Noddy Holder and their um, brilliant multi-instrumentalist bass player Jim Lee. Acoustics, violin and an apparent grab at a sort of Stefan Grappelli. Yeah, there's a bloody fiddle in it. The fiddle comes oh, in. Oh, there is. Yeah, 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 there is. Uh, it doesn't lose the kind of classic... Slade style because it's got the boot boot stomping the boot boy stomp going through the back uh, this was one of six number one singles alongside four number twos including my favourite Goodbye to Jane this is probably my fourth favourite of their number ones great but not quite top three now you boys don't seem aware of this song no, I do know it. Early, um, early Slade when they're spelling the song, when they're spelling words correctly. And not no, 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 they, no, this, this, like this is the first, it, this is C-O-Z, 
I L U V U. So it's. See, when it comes to Slade, I have a very sort of finite period of time. It's 1984. And that's. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was a spectacular noise. That's the most great. This is the most. Carry on, mate. I'm loving this. I'm going to frame this. Carry on. <laughs> oh, what's your favourite period of Slade? 1984. Ten years after they were relevant. That's my favourite period of Slade. I mean, you do know me. I mean, yeah, it's it's Slade trying something new and trying to be a bit more sort of electro-y. Uh, Electro Slade. <laughs> well, I just, they're, they're, not, they're not going all that way. That's the episode title right there. <laughs> not all that electro, but they're playing with synthesizers a bit more, shall we say. They did, uh, no, they did, they did. sounds like a fever dream. Craig is dead right. They did have a, a revival um, in the early to mid 80s. They, uh, they headlined, oh, was it Leeds Reddit? No, well, it would have been Reading. Reading Rock. They headlined one of the festivals in 1980. Basically, from 1975, they dropped off the map, sank like a stone. They had nothing in the back of the 70s. And then they headlined this festival in 1980, and everyone remembered how fucking good a band Slade were. They kind of they had a couple of albums in the earlier eight early part of the 80s that kept that going, and then they had two top ten hit top ten hits in 84. Yeah, run, run away, run away, run, run, which is great. And I can't remember else, what else was on the amazing Kamikaze syndrome. Uh, the fucking dog shit album title. My oh my. Yeah. Was the other hit. But, but yeah. can I can I just throw the converse and and sorry, mate, like the more normal opinion of Slade. <laughs> no. <laughs> which is which <laughs> is standard version. Which is everyone knows them for the Christmas song. The Christmas song is amazing. Yep. The Christmas song is in the Pantheon. But Slade in Flame is the best rock band fronted film Slade Alive is top three rock live albums and those four Slade number ones including their adult bothering poorly spelled titles are all magnificent however the song in question which is Cause I Love You isn't in my top three but it's still a great song it really reminds me of Eleanor by the Turtles that's my instant go-to of it. It feels like almost a carbon copy of Eleanor. Um, but it doesn't bother me, actually. I'm fine with it. What about, what about you boys? About 13 I'm... years too early for me for Slade. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. This is just... I, You're I... like the most willfully odd individual. It's fabulous. And, and, and because it's Slade, it is closer to the fridge than the bin. However, I've got my, my three Slade ones in. And I'm just going to try and get me other two. This is not part of the three. You know, I always, you, you've got a list, haven't you, in your head? You know you can't get them all in, but let's see. But at the yeah. moment, close to the fridge than the bin. There. Okay, I then. just... 1984, Slade. It's, that's absolutely made my night. Right! <laughs> You'll listen to it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. it's, hey, I know those songs. They're great. <laughs> My favourite, oh, favourite pair of Oasis. Uh, uh, anyway, unique number one. Standing on the shoulders of giants. Unique number one, number five, four, 
Yeah, here we go. This joke doesn't get any older, does it? Let's oh. be honest. Number 54. You need number one, number 54. We are knee-deep in the 50s. This song first hit the top spot on the 4th of January, 1957. Do we have any more information on this one, LL? Iran. Notable. And I'll give you the kind of, I'll flesh out the notability before I explain a little bit further after we've heard the song. It's notable because it's a chart tickler. Why is that notable? Loads of songs with chart ticklers. Chart ticklers, by the way, a song that hits number one, drops off number one, and then returns back on number one on the same release. This one did it three times, but there's also something else that we'll come to after we hear the song when you press play, Mr. Maloney. Well, I never felt more like singing the blues Cause I never thought that I'd ever lose your love Why'd you do me this way? So 1957, so we're just, we're very early Elvis, and but the popularity is obviously there. So, right, very quickly, just to let you know that that is Guy Mitchell with Singing the Blues. Okay. But if we keep in the point where we say Elvis, Elvis 56, was he? 1956? Yeah, uh, Ed Sullivan show, I'm sure. I mean, the thing is, it, it, it's we're very, very early period, but it, 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 it's still something that songwriters of the time um, were trying to recreate that magic that Elvis was um, creating. Uh, it's the 1950s hit makers out in force again. It's listed as popular song. The you know the classic 60s uh, 50s archetype. The sheet the sheet music was only published the year before this hit the UK number one. Uh, and by the time Guy Mitchell had taken it to the top, there had already been three different versions that had been oh, in wow. the charts. But here we go. Here we go. Would you like? Some song facts from songfacts.com. Absolutely yes. not, but go for it anyway. Song facts. Song facts. Song facts. Song facts. There have been several songs called Singing the Blues, but the one composed by Michael Ensley, this one, holds a unique record. It was the only song to in the history of the UK single charts to knock itself off the top spot twice. Oh, that's fun. So, this hit number one, Tommy Steele's version of this knocked it off. And then the week after, this version knocked Tommy Steele's version off number one. Oh, weird. Uh, Tommy Steele was, he was marketed as the, uh, at the time, as the British Elvis. Not quite as illustrious. Tommy Steele. Tommy Steele, yeah, believe it or not. Um, Guy Mitchell's version topped the UK singles chart at the start of January 57, replaced by Steele's version, then Mitchell's version knocked it off again. So it's just, it's fucking crazy, crazy 50 shit. Uh, Quick nod to football fans who might have belted this one out over the terraces over the years. I'm interested to hear Craig's take on this because I kind of get the feeling this might be your kind of 50s. I'm a well off here, Craig. Well, well, I mean, it's it's not not my type of 50s, but uh, 
it's it's not it's not instantly reprehensible to me that it would go straight in the bin. But at the same time, it's 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 like everything in the fifties. It's proto. It's 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 proto rock. It's it's very early rock and roll again. So yeah, it's it's fine. Shall we move on? Moving please. on. Right, yeah. Okay. Yes, Unique please. number one. Number nine two one. 921. Top of the chart, 2nd of March 2002. Any more information? LL Cool J, J, J. It's been for one week. Oh, I mean, the desert years, the early millennium, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hardly rich pickings. So, do we what feel we're, we're, uh, 2002? 2002, so. Uh, a one week wonder in 2002 is not a bloody clue here, boys. Hit, hit play. It's. Uh, boys, old. Is it? It's Make close. Me yeah. feel funny. It's Westlife. Yeah. Uh, World of Our Own. There it is. World of Our Own. This is a tune. Yeah, this is probably the best, best Westlife single. Yeah, it is. When I leave you behind, it's got a great chorus. Yeah. This isn't a Greg Alexander, is it? No, but it does follow that map, doesn't it? It's the Irish Potatoes, 10th number one. Most bearable Westlife... Possibly. Do I care? Definitely not. Liam Craig, tell me. I feel really positive about this. I think it's a really good boy band track. It's kind of up there with um, what was the the big tune that Five did that wasn't that Queen cover. No. Keep on moving. Keep on moving. Not in any way the same vibe, but the same kind of standard of just really good, unashamed pop music. Like, that's where this kind of sits for me. And I kind of, I really dig it for that. I think it's got a lot of, a lot of merit. It's got a great chorus. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's, I do. So, no, no, no. Yeah. I do. I mean, the the thing that's holding me back is I just, I, Westlife. A good pop song is a good pop song. It is a yeah. Good pop song is a good pop song. Good pop song is a good pop song. Is it good enough to save what came before? A, a lesser Slade, certainly. A lesser, a lesser Slade. Slade is still the best song out of this three for me. Westlife by a country mile for me. Yeah. Okay. Craig, any views on, on the Craig? three? <laughs> I'm really. I'm, I mean, the West. Uh, I mean, damn it, with Fate Prey saying it's the best Westlife song, but it's. Uh, I, I, uh, can I get on board with it going in the Pantheon? Right. We'll see. I think I've made a decision. Go on. Can I go first and then. Yeah. I'm going to go soft bin. Whoa. Yeah. I, I need your logic for that because you've, you've blindsided me there. It's definitely arguable either way. And I would be satisfied either way. But I can't... We're getting to the point now where I could pass these three in. No problem. But I think we need to test this. It's a good Slade, no matter what, but it's a lesser Slade. 
singing the blues is only notable because what happened to it in the charts and i really don't have any time for westlife I mean, even though it's a well-crafted pop song, there are other well-crafted pop songs coming our way that I'm willing to bat for more. So that is why it is a soft bin, but it is nonetheless a bin. I am firmly in the keep camp. I think the sledge track is decent. I think Singing the Blues, no interest, but it's fine. That can singe in its way in. And I think Westlife is worthy enough to kind of really bring up the overall standard of the three for me. So I'm I'm like a firm keep. So this is all down to Mr. Lowe. So we've got a forgotten interchangeable rock and roll song. <laughs> I never we've, know what he's going to do here. We've got Slade before, way before they hit the stride in 84. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got uh, the future... Ex Mrs. Mister Kerry Katona's final out, final number one with Westlife. It's a soft keep from me. <gasps> oh my god! Wow. You said that so quickly, I couldn't find the button. <laughs> I'm I'm appalled and and shocked, and I love it. So thank you. Um, well, wow. the world of our own's good enough to pass it through. It is, isn't it? It's a really decent. decent when, we, if, track. when we when we're coming down to like the pop, examples of pop at that point, if we're gonna get a yeah, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get we can get rid of all the rest of Westlife now except for Uptown Girl, obviously. But my first number one of this week is unique number one, number seven hundred and thirty-two. Before we go any further, Microsoft XLL Cool J ain't nobody got facts, but you. <laughs> he could be saying anything now. I don't know, fellow Cool J tunes. Send that one. It's Christmas! So, this is a charity Christmas song. This first charted on the 9th of December in the year of our Lord 1995 and stayed at number one for six whole weeks. All I will say in my best Wigan accent is watch out, cocker. It's Michael Jackson. Is it Earth Song? It is indeed Michael Jackson's Earth Song. Quite possibly Michael Jackson's worst number one ever. Song? Yeah, song number one. It wow. is pretentious of the highest calibre where Mr. Jarvis Cocker well deservedly flipped in the bird and waggled his bum at him. So, should, should we skip in? Uh, instead of the ambient bird chirpy intro. Yeah, why not? What about the skipping on? Is there a time? What about all the dreams that just... And you know what? That chorus is strong enough. But if it wasn't so fucking pretentious and he'd wrote a different set of lyrics over that song... It has stood a chance. It's very holier than thou, isn't it? What was what was the charity? Uh, Heal the World Foundation. It's one of his own charities. So mm. it went in his. It, so when I say Question charity, mark. it's the loosest. It went. It went in the other back pocket. It went. To, it went to his legal defence. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> 
So this is off history, isn't it? It is history, volume one. And yeah. there was no volume two. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about it on the old pod years ago. History was one of the stupidest albums that ever got released. Why? Because it was a best of and a new album at the same time and nobody was quite sure which one it was. Yeah. Why would you put the best of as CD1, you fucking fruitcake? I mean, you, you, Michael Jackson is the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, there's some decent, but like, there's some decent stuff on history. There is, and it's done better on history in the mix. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's like Todd Terry and people like that are doing it, so yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like Money's on it, DS is on it, it's really good. Um, Matthew. Bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where Matt is in the kitchen at the moment. <laughs> He's playing his cards close to his Just chest. Just the, the absolute <laughs> pinnacle of my Jackson-hating fucking eviscerate the bloody Jesus-imitating Fucking hell. Um, I, can't, I can't fault him, though. Um, <laughs> Liam, where, where are you on this one? Um, I've never liked her song. I always thought it was, um, as you say, really good chorus, but just so like saccharine and insincere. All of this, like, all of this kind of yeah, poverty. He'd, 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 already, he'd already come spouting. close with his saccharineness with Man in the Mirror, but he upped himself again by essentially doing the same song but making it more pretentious. Yeah, without a gospel choir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just yeah. This is. This is the death throes of Jackson as a legitimate artist, though. Like, Dangerous, there was some decent stuff on, and by the time you got to history, it's like, okay, there's a couple of good tracks in there, but you've been doing that Come Together cover for the past 20 years, so I'm like, come on. Um, and then he releases um, Invincible, which has two good songs on it. and yeah, then Invincible's like six dies. years after this. Yeah. It's a long gap. It's a, long, it's a massive gap, and then no one cares, so it's fine. So, I mean, I would ask the question if Matt's going on one. Uh, it, oh, did you hate it that much? Yeah, I mean, it's it's as close as you're gonna get. I've, obviously, I'm I'm not going to because he. I mean, there are there songs that could save this. Not many, but there are. <laughs> not many. Greater Slade. Nineteen eighty four Slade. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking. Oh, if um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I I. I uh, what if we got like Hounds of Love? No. Um. Ruin up that hill next. Oh yeah, I suppose that's a num- that's been a number one now, well, hasn't it? Let's let let me let let's stop this now and dissuade the whole thing by seeing if you'll go on to after the next one, which is unique number one, number nine hundred and twenty nine. Uh, before we go any further, Microsoft XLL Cool J control myself with some facts. It's been. One week, this was number one for one week from the 1st of June in the year of our Lord 2002, or one week wonder in the early noughties. Pick pop, pick R&B, pick anything you want. It could be any of them. But <laughs> I guarantee you, you don't like it. Press play. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Yes, this is fucking love it. This is the death knells of Eminem's career as a popular rap artist. Let's say that in the 
Vegas terms. This is this is the song that killed his chance of mainstream appeal. I would say this was the one step too far, where it all got way too silly. It was all way too topical, uh, and it had a silly video. Uh, I don't like this. Liam, I really like it. So obviously, I have zero interest in. Um... Eminem particularly, I found real some shady and shit like that just asinine and just drove me around the twist and stanking at the bin. However, I always thought this song was quite fun at the time. I bet if I actually went back and listened to it in detail now, I would probably hate it. There's 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 a lot there's a lot of Dick Cheney references if that if that floats your boat. Oh, date it. <laughs> I, I do quite remember the video of him dressed as Robin though, and I was sort of into that. Uh, there's, there's, there is one very, very good line in the entire song, which is to do black music so selfishly and use it to make, get myself wealthy. Nice. I'm not the first king of controversy. I'm the worst thing since Elvis Presley. To do black music so selfishly he, and use it to get myself wealthy. He, like he had clever rhymes, and I remember really liking the way he flowed in this. He, he had kind of a really kind of odd asymmetric. Kind yeah, of this, but th- this is where after this song and this album is where he releases a best of and then disappears for five years and comes back with his more serious rap stuff. And yeah. so this is where and he doesn't really chart again, particularly it's all sort of and here's a top twenty hit from Eminem rather than here's mm. an instant number one from Eminem. Fair point. Um shall we um rattle the cage and find out what's going on with Matthew? <laughs> I mean, it's enough. These last two songs are enough to make you think that perhaps Americans shouldn't be allowed to make music. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like you're actively taking from culture whilst making art. How the fuck is that possible? <laughs> well, let's see if we can get another piece of wee bread to conclude this piss sandwich with the unique <laughs> number one. Wee bread in a piss sandwich. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's fucking uh, revolting. <laughs> this is unique number one, number 858. Uh, for one final time this week, the one I've been saving and probably only Liam will ever get Microsoft XLL Cool J. Deepest, bluest, these facts are like a shark's fin. <laughs> It's been... Explain that shit. Explain that shit. Uh, in the year 1999, LL Cool J starred in a film called Deep Blue Sea, which, if we're going back to last week in the credit song, it was LL Cool J's deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> it was a one-week one day. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one week. I mean, this whole story is better than anything you're about to hear. So... <laughs> This was number one for one week from the 6th of May in the year of our Lord, 2000-00 party, year 2000. Uh, that was last episode we were doing, Prince. Yeah, uh, this, uh, you ready for the laziest example of garage music in the uh, year of our Lord, 2000? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, we're deep in, like, 1999-2000, Iron Appa. Oh, this is, this, this is, without a doubt, the worst garage song you'll hear, press play. Artful Dodger. Nope. Oh, this is that fucking... Was it The Bill? Nope. Close, though. What was it? I'll get... Give me a minute, I'll get it. Bound for the bomb, bomb for the reload. It's fucking... 
It's oxide and neutrino, isn't it? It is an oxide and neutrino and is it with their casualty? song. It is it is the most two thousand two thousand named song with the bound four, the number four, da DA, reload, brackets casualty. It samples the casualty theme. It samples the casualty theme and also a clip from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh yeah, I've been shot. Yeah. Oh, fucking awful piece of it is, shite. It is, without a doubt, having listened to it about five times while oh, researching this, it is fucking awful. The thought, anyone who was sat there on a Saturday night and heard the casualty theme come on and went, you know what this needs? Bounded them out down to the reload. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll load up the um, every number two playlist. Yeah, please do because I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Matt's Matt's already sort of changed the bin liner. And uh, um, this could Matt, be my worst selection yet. Do you want to hear the casualty bit? Yeah, well, why not? I mean, it's just the casualty theme. They haven't yep. done anything fancy with it. That is the best bit of music out of all these three. <laughs> that snatch of a BBC theme from a long-running hospital-based drama is the best piece of little bit of music, snippet of music, out of these three supposed songs. Um, Do you want to do it on three, boys? Please. Yeah, one, two, three. Bing! Bing! It's fucking awful, mate. As soon as they came through, I was like, oh, why me? Well, um, gosh. So even Cucumber Castle's not a Cucumber Castle for this three. Mm. Like, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Like, even nah, if you've got fine. a Cucumber Anything, Castle, yeah. yeah. Anything's fine. Just give me just hit me with your best shot. Let's see what your mucky dip is. My own Rex, no? Oh, it's Jeepster. Yes. You are so sweet. You are so fine. I want your all and everything. Look at the two be in line. Because you're my baby. Yep, fine with us. So, Trex with Jeepster. Yeah, from... Um... What's the album called? I think I think we when we were talking about Trex the other week we discovered that they were five number was it like five number ones of five number twos. It was something relatively satisfying like that, wasn't it? So no surprise to see them in there. So that's on Electric Warrior. Along with um what else is on there? Getting on's on there. Yeah, Cosmic Dance is on there. Decent, decent record. I feel if I yeah. went if I went to a nightclub and um this DJ set, he said, right, these lads have, have waded through all the number one singles and turfed out the shit and, you know, kept the decent songs. And when they, you know, they've put in some odd number twos every now and then. If I was to have heard, if I heard Earth Song that night, I would leave. If I was to hear <laughs> Eminem, I would leave. And the same if I heard the theme to Casualty. But... <laughs> Jeeps, that feels right. I feel, I feel a little bit more radiant. I, I am fine with that nice slice of uh, glam rock. 
But I will say this, if Bolin had lived to 84, he'd have done something far superior. (laughs) (laughs) When was Pete Glam? Electro Slade featuring Mark Bolan. Is that where you're going with this, Craig? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, we should be we should be over the fucking moon about that. Like we got from Earth Song and the casualty theme to T Rex. We should be really happy with ourselves. I'm fine, I'm fine with that. We win. We 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 win tonight. Oh God, right. Well, that was an emotionally challenging episode. Um, shall we call it? Yes. Matt's already on his phone, he's checked out. What have we done to the pod? Head over <laughs> to Patreon. Find us at ENOE Podcast. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, find us at the usual socials, Facebook, Twitter, all the rest of it. If you want to throw us a few shekels, head over to Patreon, as Michael alluded to there, uh, where you'll find bonus... <laughs> it was him! It was actually him! <laughs> where you'll find all sorts of fun stuff, extra podcasts, features, picture of me with the lead singer of Awesome. Hey! Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, I'll find any of these links, head over to everynumberoneever.com, spell it how you like, we have them all. Mr. Maloney, how is the Pantheon looking this week? Um, we've expunged some shite. So, um, One Direction's Drag Me Down Without Remy Malik. Um, George Michael's Jesus to a Child with its flamenco um, buttermeliness. That feels good you... now. That feels good. <laughs> yep. Yep, um, and uh, Eiffel 65's Blue Dabadida have all been cast into the biffer of shame, only to be replaced <laughs> by the National Front-loving Danny Minogue. Um, allegedly, with, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, uh, no, she corrected the narrative. It's fine. Um, with I begin to wonder, um, Slade's fourth best number one, according to Matthew, a. <laughs> Sorry. One of the many covers of Singing the Blues and Westlife's far superior, in fact, highlight of the week, world of their own, have thankfully crashed just into the Pantheon. They've scraped in, they've got over the barbed wire and back into the trenches just before they fully bled out and their intestines were left in no man's land. And finally, rounding the final furlong corner, we have Michael Jackson's, um, frankly, ludicrous Earth song. Um, and Eminem's Without Me it, it was a really good close up shot of his crotch in the Robin uniform I was into it I think he and powers it you don't get to see it. it there's a big pow on there that you can't see oh that's it well I was into it Powcock. Um and Oxide and Neutrino's casualty sampling bone for to reload have thankfully been cast into the flames and shall be expunged and never spoken of again Thankfully, they've been replaced by um, a shot in the dark with T-Rex's Jeepster, um, meaning that um, the Pantheon is five songs heavier and much more emotionally light than it could have been. Matthew. We have been...
been dwelling on the fact that perhaps at some point we were going to have some weeks where we were just going to be wading through a sluice of turds. Now, that hasn't exactly hit in the way that you'd have imagined, but we have had another week of mostly deeply unfulfilling music but that's how the charts work and in fairness that is the reason that we're doing this this is the reason that we're wading through and sorting the wheat from to this week's chaff craig thank you for joining me mate you're welcome liam thank you a joy as always and do not let it be known that we don't listen to our own opinions and act on them will it be oxide and neutrino will it be blue will it be eiffel 65 will it be slade well yes it will be slade but it won't be it won't be 1984 slade it won't be good slade well, i mean well the thing is <laughs> we're just gonna play we're just gonna play run runaway at the end here <laughs> we'll play out from slade's golden period this is uh slade from 1984 this is my oh my enjoy your week goodbye this feels like we're breaking the rules <laughs> i had something else completely queued up this Better Westlife Fire, have a great week, goodbye. What am I doing without you? What am I doing without you? Ding, 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 ding,